Okay, my friends. <clears throat> I just want to look at your faces a little bit, see who's here, all 36 of you. I'm glad you're all here. For those of you who I cannot see, I'm glad you're here. For those of you who I can, I'm even glad to see you. So it's good to be here. I want to look at a few, uh, I want to raise a few questions that come out of our Torah reading and our Huff Torah reading for today. So bear with me while I get that out for you. And we'll see what wisdom we can gain from these marvelous texts. First, you remember the story that Steve Lowley read so, so well for us. It's about a man who's got an Israelite mother and he's got an Egyptian father. And then an Israelite man, both parents Jewish, he had, they, two of them get into a fight. Uh, and, and during that fight, the man who has a Jewish mother but not a Jewish father blasphemes the name of God in the midst of the furor of the fight. He says something he should not say about the name of the God of Israel. And as a result, the, the community doesn't know what to do with him. So he's sequestered. There it is. He's quarantined. There it is for a while until Moses can find out from God what to do with him. And he's told that the people who had heard this need to stone him to death. Because the whole community was required to honor their covenant with God. And when one person had violated that covenant in a dramatic way, the whole community was responsible for enforcing the covenant to which they had subscribed. That's why the people must be the ones who deal with the punishment. So let's look at these questions on the right side. It appears that the argument at the top of this passage may have been caused by the Israelite man insulting the other man who had an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father. Otherwise, why mention the detail? Perhaps you called him a half-breed. As a result, what did the man, uh, the, the man with the Egyptian father do? He blasphemed the name of God. Probably when this guy was defaming, when this Israelite man was defaming this uh, man with the Egyptian father, teasing him or ridiculing him, the, uh, the man who was being tormented turned around and he wanted to retaliate. So he said something nasty about Israel's God. Well, question two. Apparently, the older man, the other man, provoked him, ridiculing him or embarrassing him. Question. Have you ever provoked someone to act in an improper manner through something you said? Or has this ever happened to you? Have you ever... Have, have you ever... Uh, so aggravated somebody that they ended up doing or saying something they should not have done or said. I know that I've provoked people to do things they shouldn't do, and I regret it 
all the time. But, and have you ever been in a situation where other people tormented you with words so that you responded in a way that you now regret? I think that's probably true. So part of the lesson embedded in this Torah passage is be careful what you say. Because in the case of this, without Israel, that man tormented that man with the Egyptian father. He provoked him to blaspheme the name of God, and that cost him his life. So you never know the terrible consequences of the nasty things you say. So be careful. Question three, when we realize we have done such a thing, that we have provoked someone through what we've said or done in a way that drives them beyond normal boundaries, what are some redemptive things we might do to make things better? And here I'll ask Sean, um, why don't you uh, open up the mute right now so somebody can can answer. When you do, you got to tell us your name first. Whoever, whoever you are, 213, can't understand a word you're saying. Anybody? Yes, yeah, Stephen Lally, you apologize. Uh, apologize in, uh, in truth. Yes, apologize in truth. You got to somehow... You've got to somehow drain the poison from the situation. Because if that person goes away, the situation still contaminated. It may, have, it may have negative consequences. So when you realize you've done that, you need to not only apologize, but you need to try to restore to a proper balance. Not somebody snoring. Are they crying on their cat? What's going on here? Stuart, may I suggest that we mute everyone and let them unmute themselves individually when they want to speak? Yes, I think, I think your suggestion is a good one. So. <laughs> Press shift command A. Just a moment. I think it's done, Stuart. It's done, Stuart. Um, Rabbi Stuart, you're muted. You muted yourself, Rabbi. When you realize, thank you, when you realize that you have, uh, have pushed somebody beyond proper boundaries, and that their response to what you have done might be toxic or negative or sinful. What you need to do is as soon as possible, as Steve said, apologize, but also try to drain the poison out of the situation. Try to keep it from having any negative repercussions down the road. Say, you know, I shouldn't have said that. And I hope that you won't carry a sense of toxicity from that because I don't want you to feel that way. I don't want you to act. I don't want to negatively affect the way the choices you might make. So 
Uh, yes, that's that's a good suggestion. And this this passage, and frankly, in this time of COVID nineteen, everybody is under stress, and uh, people on Facebook are saying a lot of. There's just so much garbage going back, so much accusation, so much generalization, so much vilification. I made a decision this week that I am not going to comment on other people's political posts because it never, unless they, unless we totally agree, because when I try to disagree, it always ends up negative uh, somehow. I get insulted. Somebody booted, Somebody told me they don't want me on their site anymore this week. People, people, uh, 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 they adamantly call uh, call the truth lies and lies truth. It's no good. So the reason I'm glad for this Torah passage is that we're living in a time when intemperate speech is on the rise for various reasons. And we need to be guardians of of appropriate speech. So let's go back and learn a lesson or two more. In our stressful times of COVID-19, in what ways are we being provoked or tempted to say or do things we might later regret? Uh, I'll open that up. Any one of you, unmute yourself if you want to answer that question. In our stressful times, in what ways are we being provoked or tempted to say or to do things we might later regret? Anybody? Unmute yourself. Yeah, I'm in a, uh, this is Nikki talking. Hi. I'm in a situation where it's similar to you, like I get these very vitriolic responses on Facebook, and it's almost like people are. Stop, stop. Is this an answer to my question, or is this another point? No, it's it's an answer to your question. Okay, go ahead. How would we say or do things we might regret, right? Is, Is that your question? Uh, yeah, I'm asking what kinds of things are happening now during COVID-19 that are, okay, so go ahead. That's what I was answering. Okay. So, um, so, so as I was saying, um, I think because we're online all the time, um, you know, people are, I find sending sort of vitriolic comments or, or um, unsolicited comments, you know, whether it's a political or things about covid you know, COVID deniers, and 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 if if we get embroiled in that, I find sometimes I'll respond in a way it's like, well, that's moronic, or that's like things that are just like this. Like my responses, and then all of a sudden, instead of the relationship, like some of them are professional relationships, some are friends, you know, people that I've known for a long time. All of a sudden, the whole relationship shifts over to this, like, you know well, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Well, this is stupid. And then, and then all of a sudden you're embroiled in this thing. And so I think uh, really being able to prioritize the people and even, and not issues, you know what I mean? Even if we disagree with people. So I think I regret getting um, pulled into things uh, because I feel like it does damage. It does damage more than help. Very helpful. Thank you, Nikki. Very helpful. Let Let me give you a bit of wisdom that, came to me, well, maybe a month ago, but that I need to put it to practice. That's this. Give people permission to be wrong. Mm -hmm. If people say the wrong things and take the wrong positions, leave it alone. Give them permission to be wrong. 
and don't feel you have to straighten them out. Now I'm talking to myself, but maybe to some of you. If people say something that's stupid, that's, that's, that's wrong, chances are 99 out of 100, they have not appointed you to straighten them out. So give them permission to be wrong. So when do you feel like it's imperative to speak up? Like mixed in with that, there are things like, like, I mean, for this is like a, a tangible example, but there's lots of them. Like somebody says something and you feel like, like that's a really like racist or offensive. Of like when do you feel like you have to speak up? Like I'm, there, I, I'm there are like, some things, there are some things for which you need to speak up, not because you're going to, not because the person will be corrected. Right. But because the per- because that cannot be allowed to stand, I understand that. That's a good point. All right, let's let's move on. Let's move on. There's a lot in this lesson that uh, we could spend two hours discussing it because it's very relevant. I want to go now to our new covenant lesson. And you remember what happens is that uh, Yeshua hires some people and they work a full day. Some people work three quarters of a day. Some people work half a day and some people work just a couple of hours. And he pays, and this, this landowner pays them all the same. And we read in verse eight, when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, starting with the last ones hired and ending with the first. And the workers who came an hour before sunset each received a denarius, so the workers who first expected they would get more, who came first expected they would get more, but they also received a denarius, and receiving their wages, they began grumbling at the farmer. So here's my question. Because the farmer says, look, it's my money. If I want to give it out this way, who are you to complain? How are we stingy showing grace to people whom God would treat better. How are we stingy showing grace to people whom God would treat better? I will tell you in terms of politics, when, when Obama was president, I had a friend on Facebook who was a very left-wing um, Berkeley uh, anthropologist, very bright, and she could say nothing positive about any Republican. She attributed the most, uh, the direst uh, motivations to every Republican who ever lived. And I tried to correct her. Didn't do much, didn't do any good. But that went on for a couple of years. Now, the same thing happens with uh, right-wing Republicans who call de- Democrats Democrats. Uh, who go on these tirades. Uh, uh, now, here's my point. Does people, does God treat the people that we despise as badly as we treat them? Does God, does God act like that with people? If God can be gracious to people, then who are we to, to uh, as I say, to be so stingy in showing grace, to just be characterized with resentment of them. Uh, brothers and sisters, I think we need to be careful about being stingy with grace to people whom God gives a break to. And we need to be a voice for kindness 
and, and equity in the world. Uh, that doesn't mean we become wishy-washy, but it means when people are making wholesale denunciations of entire groups of people, this is wrong. I don't care who the people are. And I'm sad to say that many people who name the name of Yeshua, who are on the right politically, do this all the time. Okay. The earliest hired workers in the story are resentful. How are you resentful in ways that should be corrected? I, I'm not going to ask you to tell me now. But what do you resent? Resentment is not good. Resentment is the flip side of coveting. The Bible says, thou shalt not covet. Uh, so, examine your hearts. Who do you resent? Repent. Just get busy with your life, trusting your God, getting graciousness from his hand, and be a voice of kindness in the world. Finally, let's take time to thank God for his great generosity to us. How will you show that generosity of spirit to someone else this week? That's a good question. I'd like somebody to thank God for his generosity to us. Uh, I'm going to ask my uh, Naomi if you're on right now. Huh, Linda, is that you? No, that was, that was Melissa, but if Naomi is on, yeah, defer to her. Naomi, would you unmute yourself if you can? And for all of us, would you give thanks to God? for his great generosity to us. I'd be happy to. Our Father in heaven, we sit here today thanking you for what you have given us in the riches of your grace, the gift of the Holy Spirit, our fellowship with one another, and keeping us safe in times of trouble such as these. Lord, let us accord your love for others, even if we disagree with them, that you might be just as generous with them. And that everyone we encounter, whether they are spewing hate, difference of opinion, or things that make our skin crawl, let us remember that for each one of these people, Yeshua died. He died to bring them to you. And we should respond, we should respond in an attitude of prayer and hope for these people that one day your spirit, your Holy Spirit will indwell them and they will know the fellowship that we have and we enjoy each day. Bless everyone, Lord, in our congregation and all of those whom we love. And bless the world now in this time of uncertainty and fear. God, we are so grateful to you. We praise you for the gift of love and the gift that you've given us, that you are always there and nothing in this world or out of this world will separate us from you and from Messiah Jesus, Yeshua. We pray this in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua. Amen. 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 Just a word. I hear a question. This is Rusty. Um, there was a quote that I heard, I'm not sure who it was from, uh, and let me know if this sort of enlightening he was asking. It's that everyone has the right to their own opinion, 
but not to their own facts. That's true. But, but that's, that's true. But uh, also, that's absolutely true. However, I've learned the hard way. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Then we'll, then we'll finish the service. There used to be a, a fellow who attended Alvation who was a hardliner who told me that if you ever have a woman share from the front of the synagogue, and if I feel she's teaching in any way, I will leave, I will get up and walk out. He was a hardliner about this. Now, I had a professor at Fuller Seminary, my, my probably the most influential professor, in, one of the two or three most influential professors in my life, perhaps the, the, the most, who had come to faith when he was 26 in very fundamentalist circles, which also believed that women should be in the kitchen or in the nursery, but they're not to open up their mouths in the, in the assembly. But he had, uh, through his diligent study of the scripture, he'd gone through a complete paradigm shift, and he was now very egalitarian and brilliant. I've never known anybody in my life who knew the Bible as well as Bobby Clinton did. So I went to Bobby Clinton, and I asked him if he would talk to this guy in the congregation who was very much a biblicist, and, and, and Bobby was a big biblicist. Bobby said, no, I won't. I was surprised. I said, why not? He said, because uh, it's my experience that unless a person is first willing to reconsider their viewpoint and have some doubts about it, you waste your time no matter what you say. Now, I never forgot that. So, yes, people are not entitled to their own facts. But they're not going to listen to your facts if they're not in the market for changing their point of view. So it doesn't make any difference how good our facts are. We're only fueling an argument because the person is not in the market for revising their opinion. And with that, 